This is Wildcat Chris Harris, one half of America's Most Wanted. You are listening to Live and in Color with Wolfie D. Hey, this is Jimmy Street, host of the Live and in Color with Wolfie D podcast. Hear the life and times of professional wrestler Wolfie D. From his time in the territories with PG-13 to his time in WWE, ECW, WCW, TNA, and more. Nothing is off limits and nothing will be held back. Thanks again for tuning in. Here he is, Wolfie D. Welcome, welcome, welcome once again to Live and in Color with Wolfie D and my man Jimmy across the street. Man, I'm still, I'm still reeling. Uh, they were hanging from the rafters on the uh, the birthday episode. I'm, I'm, I'm 50 now, buddy. I know, man. <laughs> How's it feel? Oh, well, it actually just felt like another day, but it right. was. Uh, probably one of the one of the cooler birthdays I've had in quite a while with uh, all the stuff you put together and all Thanks, these sent, sent messages and, and things like that. So, yeah, you know how it is. I mean, it's a milestone of sure. 50. I mean, it, I, I guess it does kind of, uh, you know, sound different. I had to make a bunch of phone calls on my birthday. Like, uh, I was getting my car fixed, so insurance and registration, all this kind of stuff. And uh, I was getting quotes. And what's your birthday? I'd say today, 1973. <laughs> <laughs> they go, oh, oh, today's your birthday. Happy birthday. Yeah. Kind of yeah. a cheap way to get a happy birthday out of them. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Hey, you got to get it where you can, right? I mean, yeah. we're we're older people now. No, not everybody's like throw us a birthday party at McDonald's with all of our R-E-S-B-E-C-T, baby. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, you know, so I, I can't lie, Wolfie D. I've worked harder than I've worked almost on any episode <laughs> than on that last episode. I really well, did, I, man. I don't know how many total that was, but I mean, getting that many wrestlers to send uh, audio and or video clips to you is no easy task <laughs> no 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 so i think it's like 24 25 i think is what the number totaled to and i mean all walks of life all time frames of your career yeah. you know and jamie i think everybody popped for jamie's run in at the <laughs> end and we did plan it that way in a sense except that jamie you know it was it was all work we, we had fun <laughs> so you worked me thanks yeah exactly yeah no but jamie you know it it was just perfect how i think everybody enjoyed his little run-in at the end i think you know they had given up hope on him and then boom there he is that's that's the wrestling business right that's the wrestling business well you know what's funny is there's two people that came through even later than jamie and i actually got them one i got them the day our episode dropped uh-huh. So, you know, and then the other one I got yesterday. <laughs> and, and so, so we've got a great listener, as everybody knows, Ben Martin on Facebook, Twitter, Ben Martin 88 on Twitter. Anyway, he always asks great questions and he's been a great listener and he's always very active and sharing our stuff. And we do appreciate him. He's part of the intelligentsia crew of mine. And so he actually is friends with Sue Young, the wrestler from, from Impact, as you know her as well. And, you know, that's one we wanted to have on the show for a while. Well, he apparently sent her a message saying, hey, you need to get on the podcast. And there we're figuring that out. But when it comes down to it, she sent us. Well, I'm sorry. She sent you a very nice birthday greeting. So I'm going to go ahead and play that one. Just like this will be somewhat similar to last episode. I'm just going to play it for Wolfie. I don't think he's heard this yet, but we'll uh, we'll play it by 
whatever here. So, all right, here we go. Sue Young. Hey, everybody. This is Sue Young, and I'm calling to say happy birthday to Wolfie D. I hope everyone tunes in to Live and in Color with Wolfie D. And be sure to follow on Twitter, aka X. Bye. Love you guys. <laughs> so she's telling everybody to go to our page and, yeah. and cool. follow the Twitter. And like I said, you know this. I don't know if I said it on here, but I saw her at uh, at the Pigeon Forge convention last year, and uh, she talked about coming on the show, but we just haven't uh, uh, haven't made that one happen yet. So. Dotted the T's and crossed the I's yet, right? Yeah. yeah. No, they we'll make that happen. Rattlers and wrestlerettes and shit. It ain't easy. Yeah. No, it's not. And you, you know, that's one person that would have been perfect for the new church, Sue Young. Uh, yeah, sure. Which she would have been perfect, right? Yeah. I mean, no disrespect to Belladonna, but Sue yeah. Young, you know, hell, both of them could have been in the new church, you know. But yeah. Sue, Sue's like, you know, a common. I was always a fan of Sue. Right. Yeah, very cool gimmick. Always. But even before that, even before she got the crazy gimmick, I thought. Sure. She yeah. Very talented wrestler, absolutely. Highly, extremely talented yeah. wrestler. Yes, and and she's just uh, she's just definitely. I've always just, but that crazy gimmick, I just can't I can't put it over enough. Very realistic and and also very original. I think you know that's the one thing I, I like about her is that I feel like she's an original. You know. So anyway, well, the next one is your old buddy and from the Smoky Mountain USWA days. You may know him as a spider. But I think we know him as a thrasher as well. So here we go. Glenn Ruth. Hey, Wolfie D. Headbanger Thrasher here. Glenn. Bro, we've known each other for more than half of our lives. And I can't believe today's the day you turn 50. (laughs) Hey, man. Welcome to the 50 Club. And just remember, age is only a number. Have a great day, man. Love you. Yeah. That's cool. I like the R. Kelly quote there, you know, <laughs> or was that Aaliyah or whatever? Never mind. But yeah, age is just a number, right? But yeah, man, uh, sort of. Depends, <laughs> <laughs> man, because I don't know. As soon as I started hitting 40, all the, all the stuff started catching up to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. Seriously. I mean, and, and, and they say that, but like your, your body surely ain't. The age ain't just the number, but and sometimes your mind ain't just the number either. With your age, man, you start losing your fucking mind. Well, you know, you know who the kings of their body and their age, and has they probably advanced themselves as far as they can go, uh-huh. is our our favorite band, Kiss, man. I mean, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, they, yeah. They're the kings of it. They've been senior citizens rocking and kicking ass up on stage for a long time now. And it looks like that they've wrapped it up officially physically and yeah. have turned themselves into avatars. What do you know about this, Wolfie D? I've seen a little bit of the video of the you know release of it or whatever. I'm just curious. Is it going to be on a, like a movie screen? Are they actually going to be like holograms on a stage? Right. I mean, I'm, that's what I'm interested in. And to be honest with you, it looked actually pretty freaky cool man with the gene blowing the fire not having to have a stick to do it with you know it's just coming out of his mouth or whatever right and it, right. it kind of puts you in the mind of some of those mcfarland figures that they released of kiss definitely uh, yeah the circus ones and all that but yeah that's uh i'm i'm, I'm interested you know what i mean i mean i've always kind of figured that they were going to continue on just with four new guys or maybe eric yeah. and and Tommy Thayer, but then two other guys playing Gene and Paul. That's but be the same. 
It wouldn't be. You're right. I agree. So how do you, and I think maybe they were coming up on that realization. Yeah. And now they, they're like, okay, we got to do something. So, and I mean, yeah. frankly, it's not the same and it hasn't been for a while without Ace and Peter, but amen. Yeah. We, amen. we kind of gave a little pass on that. I guess we did. I don't know. I, right. I, mean, I liked right. Eric Carr. Um, and see, cause that wasn't, that was a different gimmick. He had a different gimmick. He didn't try to right. come in. He was at the cat. If they yeah. if they would have gave these other two guys uh, different gimmicks, I don't know that it would have worked any better. But I don't know. It would have felt a little less like them encroaching on territory that we respect right. and love, you know. But yeah, but I mean, we'll stay on that yeah. one. And see how that. Yeah, happens. stay tuned. Yeah, I, I I definitely think that the idea of maybe holograms is the way to go on that. But who that knows? I don't know what the technology is on all that shit. If you you know how how awesome that can be. Can they cross over each other? Can they you right know, move right. Uh, around a stage or whatever? It's a good question. How it's going to work. Uh, I'm, yeah. sure, I'm sure it's doable with all the technology available today. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and, and I'm also curious, uh, will there be, you know, new music for these guys or is it going to be all the old stuff? I personally think they should, you know, go with the classics, but then also they need to do some new stuff for them. Well, dude, when AI eventually takes over, <laughs> I mean, seriously, <laughs> they you know, <laughs> they'll be writing their own songs and there'll be a whole generation of AI kids listening to AI kiss, you know, <laughs> that probably will be the, the last AI band. If this, you know, does good or whatever. Oh no. I mean, dude, are you telling me, you know, Beatles released a new song and bring back the Beatles. Yeah. AI already helped out them make, you know, that song, the, yeah. the whole Peter Jackson taking out John's voice, something they couldn't do back in the nineties. It's, it's right. interesting stuff, but anyway, we'll see, like you said, stay tuned on that and, and stay tuned for the AI version of live and in color with Wolfie D too. <laughs> <laughs> right when we're long gone. So anyway, <laughs> well, well yeah. we got a got a guest that he's not AI. Uh, no, the yeah. Wildcat Chris Harris had some of my most memorable matches in TNA. Uh, New Church versus America's Most Wanted was definitely some good stuff. And uh, hadn't, hadn't well, I saw Chris at uh, Slammiversary, and I feel like I saw him somewhere else too. But uh, before that, it had been a while since we had spoken. So uh, this ought to be a fun conversation. Chris is a good guy, hell of a wrestler, man. Yeah, he is. And good good guy in, in a lot of battles with you, like you said. Yeah, it'll be a fun interview. And I'm glad I'm glad you've got the book back again, man. Not uh, that you know <laughs> not that my guests were bad. I'm just glad we've you know got some guys. Yeah. So But man, since we got so long winded on KISS and uh, a couple of extra birthday gimmicks, thank you, Sue and uh Thank you, Glenn, for doing that. Uh, better late than never. Yeah. Uh, we've been long-winded, so let's take a break and let's get Chris on the phone. Be right back after these messages with the Wildcat. Hey, folks, to get your official Live and in Color with Wolfie D merchandise, go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash Live Wolfie D. Check it out. If you're listening to Live and in Color with Wolfie D on Apple Podcasts and like what you're hearing, go ahead and leave a five-star rating. And while you're at it, write a review. Tell us what you liked. 
Tell us what you'd like to hear in the future. It's very important to us and always appreciated. Thanks again. All right, folks, we're back. And as usual, I got an awesome guest today, somebody that uh, I spent a lot of ring time with, not a lot of travel time, but a lot of ring time uh, in TNA. He is one half of America's Most Wanted, and we had one hell of a feud, the new church versus America's Most Wanted. He is Wildcat, Chris Harris. What's going on, my friend? Man, it's good to hear from you, man. Whoopie D, or should I say Slash? Either way. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the guy that's the guy i had some battles with yes yeah. you did yeah. Yeah. yeah you never you never got to do all the ha-ha comedy shit with wolfie d you had to do the the fights with slash <laughs> yeah I, I think i came out on the short end of the stick on that one. <laughs> <laughs> honestly man those were some really good matches and i feel like you know collectively as a group I think that that feud really helped uh, TNA like kind of launch itself. You know, you feel part of something, man. You you guys went on to do more than myself and Brian. Um, for whatever reason, we didn't go when, um, you know, they went to Orlando and all that. You guys did some really good stuff afterwards, but I really feel like that feud kind of helped uh, kind of put TNA's tag team, um, uh, you know, uh, tag teams on the map, if you will. I 100% agree, man. Um, and I've I've said that for for years. Um, yeah, just uh, I, I think we were we were doing our best to get established because uh, they didn't really have anything for us in singles, so we were kind of thrown together. And yeah. you know, we've told the story many times. Miss Storm and I were just like, all right, well, let's if, if this is what we've been dealt, then let's let's go let's run with it. And um, you guys were the first ones we got to really uh, tangle with and. I, right away, I mean, I think, you know, they they were, I mean, I, who knows what they were thinking, but, you know, hey, here's here's a couple tag teams, let's let them do something and see what comes of it, and I think we really opened some eyes, man, because those matches were just, they were they were really incredible, and, you know, we we went out there, and honestly, we beat the hell out of each other, and yeah. <laughs> that, really, that really got, that really got their attention, it's like, these guys are out to, to get it done, and, you know, they're, they're not afraid to, to, throw hands and uh, you know i throw brian right in there too man i've i've I, you know i thanked him um a lot during that time because you know he had just come well both of you had just come off the wwe period yeah. and so you know you guys you know knew what it was like to to be there and and to to do what's what you have to do to to get noticed and um you both really um selflessly you know were helping storm and i uh to take that next step and you know, sometimes I I always wonder because when people bring up the the whether it's the famous matches or or feuds or anything, um, you know, there's other names that are brought up, and I think because that was so early on, and yeah. you know, the eyes the eyes weren't on the product as as they were later years. Uh, I just think that goes unnoticed sometimes, man. But yeah, just um, I mean, if, if there's anybody that's a wrestling fan, they would they would love to see the. And it's not just a one match thing. It was the progression of the feud, and um, yeah, it was just awesome, man. So yeah, I think it really turned some heads, and we really got both tag teams established in uh, in the early early days. Yeah, I totally agree with the fact what you're saying about you know it was so early on in the, the days of TNA that a lot of people missed that part of it, man. And and man, it was some good stuff. And um, 
Brian and I clicked, kind of like you said, they threw you guys together. You know, obviously we were never a team before, and uh, we just clicked. And um, I I think that uh, it was actually supposed to be a one-week thing. It was going to be uh, – we they put the titles on us, and then you guys were supposed to win them back the next week. But for whatever reason, it worked out so well. It, like you said, opened some eyes. They kept the feud going. And <laughs> I'm going to I'm gonna call you out and, and Jay's story because what cracked me and Brian up, do you remember I – can't, I can't remember if it was the second week or first week or whatever that uh, they were – you know, we were going to beat you guys again or something and you guys were mad about it, I guess. And I remember seeing Storm sitting in the locker room with his head on his head, you know, arms folded with his head down like he was – like he was pouting and stuff. Do you remember this? <laughs> oh my God! Um, uh, well, of, cor- of course I'm going to say no because that makes us look like shit. But <laughs> now uh, I really don't because I I would think that we I, I'd like to think we went in with good attitudes and we were just thankful to be part of something like that. So um, the fact that we were doing something and in, in a good program, um, yeah, I would think we'd be happy. But who knows, man? That some of some of that. Uh, you know, being being new and being green and naive and just, you know, maybe you do have that, that kind of reaction. Um, yeah, it sounds really stupid now, but, you know, let's be honest, you know, that that, ain't, that wouldn't have been the first time Storm has, uh, he's been known to have the boo-boo face sometimes, so. Um, it was funny. But, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, whatever whatever they were doing, I mean, it made sense to me, man, because uh, if, if it was just supposed to be a one-week thing, um yeah, I mean, if we can get more time out of this, then hell yeah, I think it makes more sense to do that. And and man, I I really, to your all's credit, I just love the whole package deal. I thought that was one of the greatest things about those early days was the the whole new church package with uh, with Mitchell and and then you had Belladonna there with yeah. you guys too. It just it it just all fit, man. You guys uh you guys just all made it made it work, made it fit. Yeah, I enjoyed that too. I, was, I mean, obviously Mitchell, but I always, I always thought that uh, Belladonna brought a lot to the table just because she played the part so well. And uh, I was kind of bummed when they let her go, uh, you know, for whatever reason. But at any rate, yeah. so um, where did, I, I met you in TNA, so I don't really know where you came from, Chris. Uh, and and I may just be dumb, but where where did you start and all that? Who got you in? Um. Is that the first time we met? I feel like we met before that, but maybe not. I maybe so. Completely wrong. Uh, maybe so. Um, I can't remember. Um, so I got my start. Um, it, it was in the Ohio area. I, I started training um, in northern Ohio, but then I got hooked up with Roger Ruffin in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. And uh, Roger gotcha. was kind of known for, uh, at, at that time, he was uh, he had spent a lot of years in the WWF uh, refereeing. Mm-hmm. Uh, in like the late eighties and nineties. And, um, so, you know, he had, he had some credibility and, uh, and just a year after I, uh, hooked up with him is when, uh, Abyss did, uh, back then. And so, uh, you know, Abyss and I became, you know, great friends and, and road buddies and just in and out of the ring, best friends. And, um, but yeah, we were doing, um, we were just making our towns, man. You know, we were getting out there hustling every, uh, Every chance we had, we were we were trying to stay busy. Which it, it, you know, I don't know if we'll get into this, but it's just it's amazing the way the the kids nowadays, you know, just they just take everything for granted and uh, not out there uh, hustling. And uh, but we were we were doing our thing, and um, we had we had uh, 
we were doing a weekly deal in Georgetown, Kentucky. Um, they were pretty pretty known for wrestling there, and we had a tag match with um, one of the guys was Corey Williams, who was who was wrestling out of Nashville, yeah. and yeah, um, it was Rob, Rob, me and Rob Williams. I know you remember Rob. Um, uh, and, you know, who trained, and, uh, you know who trained Corey, don't you? Was that you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I didn't know that. Uh, yep. Storm credits you for a lot of his training, so yep. I, I, I hope I hope you know that. But Storm yep. credit always credited you for a lot of the training, and yeah, that's pretty cool that uh, Corey came out of that. So yeah, we had we had a great tag match. Him, it was him and Vic the Bruiser. Uh, me and Rob, and they went back to Nashville and was telling Burt Prentice about us. And next thing you know, we're booked in Nashville, and really, you know, made a made a stride there. Rob and I were, you know, the new flashy babyface team, and um, so we that's kind of how we got hooked into Nashville and um, started uh, wrestling there more on a regular basis. And you know, the WCW run was in there, but but. You know, basically, yeah. When TNA was coming around, and uh, you know, we'd already, we'd made our connection, so um, we we were kind of uh, invited in based on that. Just you know, just doing doing a lot of the work around there, and and I had some great. You know, I met Storm and had some great programs with him. Uh, we had great chemistry against each other as well. So, so yeah, just um, just making just you know, traveling around, man, making your connections, and you know that that's that's how you do it. You make your contacts. You never know what's going to happen. Yeah. Hey, Jimmy, hot tag. All right, tagging in. So I just got to ask this question, man. Oh, man, that was stiff. (laughs) Got tagged in, I got stiffed already. (laughs) I just got to ask this question. How was it working Kurt Hennig, man? Oh, man, that was, it was, it was awesome. Um, It was, you know, it's one of those things where you're so nervous going into it. Um, I mean, hell, it's Kurt Hennig and, um, You know, you want to you want to do great, but you're just you know you're so friggin' nervous. Um, um, and um, but yeah, once once you're in there, it was just it was a breeze, man. I mean, he he took care of me and um, got his stuff over, which which is that was the whole point. I mean, people want to see his shit. I wrestled him once in WCW, which I didn't know him very well then, right. uh, but we did have a match in WCW, and then uh, in between WCW and TNA. There was another um, promotion trying to start up, you know, there were a million startup promotions, and uh, they had had some some uh, some names involved with that, and um, uh, uh, not just Kurt, but Barry Windham was there, uh, Sandman, uh, just you know, just trying to get get something going. Uh, But uh, so I got got to wrestle him there, but I got to wrestle him in the ECW arena. So um, even though I was kind of being brought up as the the next top babyface. Um, you put you put that kind of character in the ECW arena against Kurt Henning, you yeah. know what do you think is going to happen? So, so <laughs> exactly, yeah, yeah. They, I, I had no chance. So we went out there, and, <laughs> but man, it, it was one of those things where um, even on the other side, you know, you know, you know what I'm talking about, Wolfie. I mean, you know, it, just being on the on the defensive with with Kurt Henning, you know, the the pop that he's getting for his chops and and you know, man, that perfect plex, just you know, that yeah. that sets it all right there. That that makes it all worth it. I mean, I could care less. I was getting my ass kicked. Just the reaction of the people yeah. uh, was awesome. So yeah, I loved working with him. And and then in TNA, we you know became really really tight. And um, you know, uh, it wasn't it wasn't long, just a couple years. But uh, yeah, I was really tight with him up until his passing. So yeah, I was just I'm blessed to have had uh, that time with him and to be able to share the ring with him. 
Yeah, yeah, no doubt. There's four people that made me want to be a wrestler. Jimmy's heard this a thousand times, but it's Randy Savage, Kurt Henning, Hawk, and Animal. And I got to wrestle all of them except for Randy. So, yeah, Kurt was, a, oh. was great to work with. Yeah, man, you took that doomsday device, didn't you? And more than once. <laughs> more <did>. than once. <laughs> he definitely did. I remember that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah. Animal, uh, uh, it was one of my last matches. Um, he let me do it with him. He put some uh, Derek King on his shoulders, and I went to the top, and me and him did it together. I thought he that was pretty it to cool. poor Derek, man. Yeah. Oh, wow, man. Yeah, that has to be cool. Nice little um, passing there. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm sure you took it. I'm sure you took it 100 times in WWE, but I, I the one I remember in TNA was, I yeah. don't even think they had a match, but that run-in they did when all of us were in the ring. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and uh, they had to get that doomsday device, and uh, good old good old Woofy uh, was uh, <laughs> perched up there on the shoulders. So, uh, <laughs> and plus, I think they were probably comfortable with you anyway because they had already worked with you. So, right. yeah, that made sense. Yeah. yeah. So, it, was it true that you were actually introduced partially in WCW, and the thoughts of you you were going to be a country singer? Is that true? Uh, yeah. There. Well, there there were talk. There was talk of that. I would never say that. Um, you know, the, 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 it was in motion or anything like that, but there was, there was talk. And I think that gets hyped up a lot just because that, uh, I did that country music video, which I'm not sure people right. remember. It's yeah, been, for sure. been yeah. over 20, 20 years, but, um, yeah, I, so I did a country music video, which I did. I got hooked up, uh, being, you know, part of Nashville, um, and the you know, country capital of the world there. And, uh, so that was really great because that was during the, even the WCW days and, uh, or right before WCW days. So I was getting, I was getting recognized more for my country music video on CMT than I was in, in wrestling. And I, I was, I remember, you know, just times like that where I was like, <laughs> you know, when you're starting and you, you've made a few years in the business, you know, you're, you want to, you want to be recognized for your work and, and for people seeing you, you know, do your thing. And I remember, uh, there was one time I went through a drive through and, and uh, somebody had, you know, did, it was one of those times where they, they feel like they've recognized you or something. And then they finally asked, they said, I, I, yeah. are you that guy? And, and I'm thinking <laughs> right away, I'm thinking, they, hell, they, they've recognized me from the you know the wrestling. And they said, you, were you in that country music video? And I was like, yeah. And, and I, <laughs> I, I remember thinking, son of a bitch, they, rem- they recognized me from that and not wrestling. So, but, um, but yeah, so that was, that was pretty fresh. And, um, you know, they were looking and you got to remember this is the year 2000. So they were, right, they were right. probably re- reaching, reaching for anything at, at those last days, but they were looking to uh, bring up new characters. And to be honest with you, I don't know where that had gone because I'm the furthest thing from a country music singer. Or, I was going to ask you that. Anything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so, but there was talk and, and to be honest with you, that, that was actually kind of creative. It was, it was, it was unique. I mean, nobody had ever debuted from a, a music video like that. So right, I was right. all on board. I was, I was like, hell yeah, let's do this. It's never been done. And how many times yeah. can you say that in wrestling? So I remember having a conversation it was with Ed Ferrara and, um, yeah, there was, uh, I think Jimmy Hart was on board with this and, uh, yeah, they were going to kind of bring me out and, uh, do like a country music, uh, a gimmick and character. And there was even talk of me, doing something with Jeff, which would make sense since he was doing right. his thing. But yeah. who knows, man? I mean, me being the new guy, I mean, Jeff could have 
you know, could have shot, shot that down, you know, being, he was one of the top guys and, and then, uh, but I do remember Ed Ferrar telling me that, uh, when they were, when they were going to shut it down, he, he said, yeah, it's just too Southern for, for us or something. And I'm thinking to myself, you're WCW based out of Atlanta. <laughs> exactly. You're, 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 you're telling you're telling me that something's too Southern for, for wrestling. And, and right. so, um, yeah, for whatever reason they, they shut it down, but yeah, man, it would have, it would have been cool to, uh, to debut something like that. And I, I don't know where it would have gone, but I'd have done my best to, I'd have done my damnedest to make it work. You know, <laughs> that's always been really crazy to me, man, was, is that a lot of the bigger companies, uh, look down upon the Southern wrestlers and, and things like that and think that everything that happened in fucking Memphis and shit was all, you know, ha ha and this and that when it, it actually wasn't. I mean, a lot of brawling, a lot of, you know, the uh, hardcore before hardcore was hardcore. Uh, you had the moon dogs and the concession stand brawls and all that stuff. But yeah, that never made sense to me why they uh, thought that, oh, that's too Southern. And I'm not talking about just your deal, but just anything in general. Yeah, I mean, if they if they'd ever given a chance to actually sit down and watch it, they would have seen that it's it wasn't just all a bunch of gimmick matches or anything. I mean, these guys they they had stories, man. They had the, yeah. the reason it was so hot. The reason it was so hot is because people were invested in that, man. They really had Ooh. you in, and they were drawing houses, and you know they were. I mean, the people the, <laughs> you just got so hooked into it, and yeah. yeah, it just became kind of like the like you said, like the the Memphis kind of thing, and. Yeah. Um, yeah, just uh, all that southern wrestling. Yeah. Southern wrestling. <laughs> so, man, uh, I did not realize something. I was uh, a couple of days ago looking. I was that many days old when I realized that when Elix Skipper <laughs> does the uh, does the uh, Frankensteiner off the top of the cage, that was you that took it. I never, I've seen that a bazillion times, but I never like noticed it was you for whatever reason. So let's let's talk about that. How how was that? I guess he presented it to you, obviously, and and you're like, uh, sure. <laughs> well, not not that fast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Wolfie, for for noticing that. Yeah, everybody seems to remember Elix's spot, and they they forget the poor soul that took that. <laughs> Yeah, Wolfie's always been a foot bump. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I've I've gotten that so much over the years, man. Yeah, just where uh, people talk about that, and but they don't really know who who took it. And even if you know it's America's Most Wanted, you're not sure which one. And yeah, I used I used to give Elix shit for that. So, um, (laughs) but yeah, man. So we're yeah we're we were actually the main event for that uh, pay per view, and we had had a cage match with Triple X in Nashville that was you know really hot. And, um, so we went into this and we didn't know, you know, do you really go into it trying to top it or just, you know, we just wanted to go in and just do everything we could to, to, you know, just get the attention, man. And just, um, do whatever we could. And there was a lot of, uh, crazy spots in that match, but yeah, during the day, um, Elix and, and what a lot of people don't realize or don't remember, uh, because it is a, I mean, it's an incredible feat that he did, but Elix was, was known for, uh, setting people on the rope and walk and walking from the from the turnbuckle, walking the ropes and doing a hurricane rana. Right, exactly. So yeah. he so this was something he had kind of. I mean, that was part of his uh, his arsenal and his matches. And you know, even doing that was incredible. People just you know were like, wow, you know, that's you don't you don't see that. So. Mm-hmm. For him to do something like this, uh, you know, for for the, the the fans that you know uh, were 
paying attention and were our, our loyal fans that you know they, they they would kind of remember that part of it. But yeah, Elix mentioned it to me and um, said you know earlier in the day. And I mean, no, you you guys said that okay, but no, that wasn't anything. I was like, hell no, <laughs> there ain't no there ain't no way. I mean, that's there's just too much. It's so dangerous and too much room for error. And um, you know, we probably talked about it. You know, a, a, more of a conversation then, but it was just kind of decided where I was like, I don't know, man. I I just don't. I, I was just I was just staring staring against it. So right. I know a few hours had passed. Um, I don't know how close to showtime we were, but um, it was you know it was it was getting time and. Um, I remember, I guess I had just stood on it for a few hours and, you know, what, you know how we work, Wolfie, it's like, man, you know, if there's a time to do this, um, you know, what, what, will we not do it and regret it? And just, so I just kind of built myself up myself and, and I went to him and I, and I said, uh, Elix, I said, are you sure you can do this? <laughs> and I just kind of presented it to him like that. And man, I'll tell you what, what really flipped me. Uh, what really convinced me was his confidence. He looked at me, he said, yes, I can do it. And Elix's confidence to me, that's what put me over the top to where I was like, all right, let's do it then. And, and, you know, you know, as well as I do, man, stuff like that, that there's no, uh, there's no going over that. You don't, no. there's no uh, uh, practice or anything. I mean, that's a one, one, one and done kind of thing. So, uh, you know, there was a lot that, that a lot of room for error, but, um, yeah, man, it was it. It couldn't have come off any better. Um, I always used to say, you because know, you you can see if you watch the spot, Elix is kind of stumbling to get his footing on the top of the cage at first, yeah. right? And right. Uh, and so I'm worried that he's not going to make it. And I remember because I Daniels was kind of keeping me busy, so I don't just wait for the spot like we see so much nowadays. Um, right. You know, I was fighting with Daniels, and I remember as I'm kicking him, I'm like, all right, man, he ain't coming. What's what's Plan B? And before we even had a chance, you know, I had my, my eyes were on Daniels and I looked out of the corner of my eye and before I even know it, I, before I could even turn my head, man, Elix was on me and we were yeah. gone. So it was, it was one of those things where he, you know, once he got his footing, he went and I've talked to him about, it wasn't that long ago, just uh, like a year or so ago, uh, mm -hmm. we, we got to talking about it and I, something was brought up about him getting his footing and uh, I told him, you know, it worried me. And you know what he said to me, man? He said, "Well, if I'd have made, if I'd have just hopped up there and made it look easy, it wouldn't have looked been, it wouldn't have looked as incredible." <laughs> oh he said, I had to, I had to make it look like I was, you know, struggling a little bit. And and I tell you, man, he worked me because I believed it. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I didn't ask him if that's bullshit or not, but I just told him. I said, "Man, I you, that makes sense. Make it look like a struggle." I mean, if. He'd have just, just hopped up there, then, uh, yeah, maybe it would look too easy for him. And he made it look like a struggle, and it made it look it, – it, it put the people more on the edge of their seat. Like, oh, my yeah. God, what what is he doing? What is he doing? What is he doing? And, yeah. holy shit, he's walking. And so, yeah, it just, it just added to the intrigue of it, man. And um, and off we went. And, yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy to think, you know, over 20 years later we're uh, – or, no, it's been 19 years. 19 years mm -hmm. we're still talking about it. Yeah, yeah. I mean – Incredible move, and I've taken them off the top rope and stuff, but I've never, obviously, taken one off the cage like that. I don't think anybody has except for you. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> did he tell you? Like, I'm, I'm the only dumbass. 
man, come on. Did he tell you like how he wanted you to be sitting? Because that's what I noticed the most was because even when you do that off the top rope, some dudes can't take that correctly. Uh, but you, your hands were in the right place. You had your feet against the uh, the cage there. I mean, there's not really too many other ways you could have sat, but it looked to me like you were in perfect position to take it. Yeah, uh, and I, I I also had taken it off the top, and um, I don't I don't remember us actually talking about that. I think just me, you know, being a pro and and knowing what to do. Um, I just feel like once he was there, I I you know had to yeah I just had to have my arms free there, and and plus you know with him going, I don't know how much um, I don't know how much of a I don't know how to say it, how much of a hold he would have on me. So yeah, you yeah. kind of want to keep your feet against that cage so you can push off a little bit and right. you know plus plus to just to save my own life i want to make sure i get completely flipped on, on that and yeah yeah i mean i couldn't have taken a better bump i mean it's just it, it was it was a flat bump so the bump was was fine uh it's just being that that so far up i remember of course it knocked the wind out of me so that that hurt but um i i i remember i thought i had uh, I, I grabbed my side. I thought maybe I'd, you know, done something to my ribs, you know, crack or something like that. And, uh, but it, it could have just been just, uh, you know, getting the wind knocked out of me. And next thing you know, I turn around and, and uh, I'm still selling that. And yeah. next thing you know, Chris Daniels is coming off the top with an elbow. So I was like, holy yeah. shit. <laughs> when you're looking up at somebody and they're that far up, it's so intimidating. <laughs> yeah, man. And you know, they're about to land on you and oh. then you can't. You, you can't fake gravity. No, right, right. And that's you know, uh, I've I have done some dives off the cage and stuff, and and those are the bumps. And you tell me if if you uh, remember this or if it happened, because I always say that when you get to a certain height, okay, in doing certain bumps or whatever, there's a height in which. You feel yourself, you feel your momentum picking up, first of all. And then I, I always could hear the the wind going past my ears. <laughs> when you get that high <laughs> yep. and you're coming down, you hear it go, you know you're fixing to crash land. <laughs> yeah, when, when that goes on for longer than normal, you know that you're you're still falling, too. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, man, that's a... A very memorable bump, and 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 honestly, I I didn't mean to to say it in a way to take anything away from you, but just because I never have seen the whole match, I've only seen that clip, so it's it's pretty quick, yeah. and boom, and and not really knowing who was in the match or whatever, yeah. But I just I figured it out the other day because I think you posted it on social media, and uh, I was like, ah, that was him, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that something came up where it was the 19th anniversary, and so I was like, "Oh, damn! No, I didn't even know that." So yeah, yeah, I, I, I reposted that, but yeah, it's just uh, it's crazy, man. You pay that people remember that. Yeah, yeah no, doubt. no doubt. And to me, Elix was a pretty uh, underrated guy, man. He's very talented. I agree, man. I think he was very underrated. Um, he was so athletic and yeah, uh, could could do just about anything in the ring. Um, and he was, uh, I think he was, I think one of the reasons they made such a good team is because uh, I always looked at Chris Daniels as a, as a great ring general. So, you know, for him to, for him to be out there and he can kind of control the, the pacing of the match. And then, you know, Elix, you know, feed Elix in for when, when, uh, when he can get his, his stuff in. And it just, it was just a great dynamic. They, uh, they, those two had. So yeah, yeah but Elix, I, I, I agree. I think once they split, I think he could have done a, a lot 
um, on his own and even in the X division. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't. I, that, they didn't do a whole lot with him, so that that was uh, I was disappointed in that. Yeah, those X division matches. If they were just say like on AEW TV today, Dave Meltzer would be like handing out five stars left and right. <laughs> that, that was some incredible stuff that during that time. And I remember buying all the DVDs, you know, and I'm like, holy crap, they have like amped it up totally. You know, instead of putting it like in a weight class, it was more about how far you're willing to push it in the ring. And I, I thought those X division matches from those, especially those early eras. Uh, were some of the best for sure yeah the the x division is another thing in those early days that's what made you know another thing that brought that's made tna stand out and uh you know we see it you see it on every wrestling program today but back then it was it was something new and uh it was you're right it wasn't just a a weight class it was you know and that's the thing a lot of people have complained about it over the years because they're like oh it's just a glorified cruiserweight or something but i mean you can look at it however you want but um, yeah, it was just, uh, I, I like the way you, you phrase that. It was just, you know, what, what are you willing to do, um, right, you know, to, right. to be out there and, you know, then, and, and that's the thing, even though that may not be my style or even Wolfie's style, you know, there, we have to agree there's a place for that in wrestling. So, um, those guys would go out there and, you know, it, it they, a lot of times they'd be on first and man, they, they that, that, that amplified, uh, TNA total nonstop action. You throw a match right, like that out right. there. And even if it wasn't just two guys, sometimes four or five guys and, you know, they're just flying all over the place and you're like, holy shit. Yeah, I I, I can get in this promotion. And, um, yeah, but they, they were, they, they way before their time, man, because it's it's being done a lot, a lot nowadays. And back then it was just, it was the new thing and it was just incredible what, what some of these guys could do. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So I got to ask this question. Now, I know on several different millions of podcasts that you've been on, you've talked a lot about the Braden Walker. That's what everybody wants to talk about. And obviously, we know James Storm had some time in NXT, but I'm not really maybe as interested about that. I want to hear more about this. Was there truth to the fact that America's Most Wanted almost went to WWE at one time? Um. I wouldn't even say we were close. Um, okay. There was okay. there was there was talk. Uh, I remember uh, probably two of our contract signings. Um, there was there was talk about it, and uh, we you know, we were kind of weighing our options. Definitely talk between Storm and I. Um, and I, I think um, you know we 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 call it sending out your feelers, you know that kind of thing. And um, sure. I think there was there was interest uh, there, but I guess this would have been more on. Um, like an O five kind of thing. And uh, oh, wow. I'm, I'm just okay. guessing yeah. at the, I'm just guessing at the year, but uh, yeah, there was talk then, but uh, honestly, man, we, I'd like to think you know, storm and I were just, we were just so, so grateful for the opportunity that we had and we were enjoying our time. And, um, you know, we had you know, really, really caught some, some eyes and some headlines for, you know, the tag team division and, um, not just with us, but tag team in in the wrestling world. Um, and we, uh, yeah, just, I mean, bottom line, we were just, we were happy where we were and, um, we were just okay doing it. And, and honestly, one of the things, one of my big thoughts were, um, and this goes back to one of the reasons I think a lot of us really, uh, took off, uh, like the new church, like America's most wanted in the early days was because tag team wrestling in general and Oh two, or even earlier than that, 2001, uh, you know, we had, I think 99 and 2000, 
uh, were pretty big years because I think uh, like the Dudleys, Edge and Christian, Hardys, they really uh, they really stood out uh, mm-hmm. for that time. But then, oh yeah, come oh yeah. one, come oh one and oh two. Um, if you look at the tag team division back then, it was just it was a lot of singles guys that were just paired up. Yep. And, you know, you yep. got to remember WCW was gone, ECW was gone. So it was only the WWE and uh, two singles guys paired up. Um, they quickly won the belts. Uh, then they lose the belts. They turn on each other and then they're in a feud. And it was right. just, that's just, right. the, that seemed to be the system they were going with. And I remember my thought, uh, I'm sure I mentioned it to Storm, but I felt like if we did go, we would be broke up within six months feuding right. with each other. And then, <laughs> and then we'd probably get lost in the shuffle there somewhere and just right. you know, be, be one of the many. So, um, anyway, just to, to answer your question, we, we decided, um, decided no and, um, stayed with them. And then I think with the next time it was up, um, we had talked about in 07 when we actually had already split and, um, which I, I actually wound up going, but, um, Storm just uh, on his own. He decided to stay. He didn't want to take the chance, and um, so he stayed. And I think that probably you know brought my value down a little bit, just because uh, I think we would have definitely made a mark more as a team. But oh yeah, um, man, for sure. Yeah, I... he, he 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 decided to stay, and um, and then more thought into it, I decided to go. But um, yeah, I would say we were never close. I mean, it was never um, you know any any talks of you know, money or anything like that. Um, we, we just, we were just happy with where we were with TNA and just like that we were, we wanted to be loyal to TNA. Yeah. Yeah. I just love that y'all were a designated tag team. You know what I'm saying? I mean, like you said, there were so many, that was the decade of two single stars and it still goes on. You know what I mean? It all depends on what story they're trying to tell. And I understand that part of it, but I always liked it. You know, like there was London and Kendrick, there was Caden Murdoch. I always liked it when there was like designated tag teams during that time frame, and that you guys were definitely one of those, you know? So I, I always appreciated that fact about it. You know, like the new church, they were a bunch of these evil pirates over here, basically. (laughs) any any two of them in that crew could come on and and battle but you know when it came down to it i agree agree with you because i mean that's that's what i grew up on and i'm probably the same i mean when we grew up in the you know the 80s tag teams and and uh you know even the early 90s it's like you know man that's what happened to 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 established tag teams that you know could go out and and kind of uh, perform the art of tag team wrestling. And I just think that was lost. Yeah. Amen. Sure. Yeah. Even going back way back though, WWF was always like that. In my opinion, they, they never really were big on the, you know, the established tag teams where that was more of a WCW and territory thing. In my That's opinion. true. That's true. Yeah. 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 Let's take a quick time out and get a word from one of my dope-ass sponsors, and we'll be right back with more Live and in Color with Wolfie D. Support for Live and in Color with Wolfie D is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped recently launched the Ultimate Men's Hygiene Bundle, the Performance Package. Join over 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code WOLFIE at manscaped.com. If my math's correct, that's about 8 million balls.
Hey folks, this is Wolfie D here. And if you are looking to buy or sell a home in Tennessee or Southern Kentucky, you're gonna wanna call my buddy, the rock star realtor, Benji Bowie. And you say, Wolfie, how do I get in touch with this rock star? Well, you can call him directly at 615-390-8216. You can go to his website, BowieHomes.com. That's B-U-I-E Homes.com. Or you can email him at BenBowie34 at gmail.com. When you need a home, you need the Rockstar Realtor. Benji is a member of Exit Realty's Garden Gate team in Gallatin, Tennessee. So this is what I like to hear. Uh, wrestling's all fine and dandy, but the fun stuff that comes along with wrestling is the road stories and the ribs and stuff. And we we can edit, so <laughs> if you've got to think for a second, whatever. Give me some good uh, the road stories or ribs or something. Oh, wow, man. Um, I guess there, a couple that come to mind, I, I feel bad picking on it. Well, no, I don't, but Abyss, <laughs> I, I rode up and down the I rode up and down the road with him so much. Um, we just were, we were part of whether ribs are put on us or whether, you know, we were doing it to some, someone else. And, mm-hmm. um, but, uh, th- one of, this wasn't really a rib, but it's a good road story that you, Wolf, you might appreciate. So, um, I do have a good rib story for you on, on abyss. Uh, but <laughs> one, uh, I don't remember where I'm guessing we might've been in the, in the, uh, down in Kentucky or, uh, just driving the streets where, I mean, there, there was nothing on the road for miles. Um, it was yeah. one of those kind of things. So it probably had to be the, whether it was Kentucky, Tennessee kind of area. But, um, so we were on a road trip. It was at night. We finished up a, a show, probably going to the next town. And, uh, we've been on this road for miles and, uh, it's just the two of us in the car. I'm driving, he's in the passenger seat. And, uh, so we're, we're driving and I, I guess a car had, come up and just started kind of messing with us from behind and maybe it was uh, like throwing brights on and and yeah. bumper in uh that kind of thing just really yeah. pissing us off so then they would pass us and uh you know we're just kind of like whatever you know just whatever it is and yeah. but then they'd slow down again and then they'd get real close to us again and just start messing with us man and and then i'd pass them and it just became one of those things where it's like who the hell are these guys and you know and 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 uh i remember uh abyss was like you know we, we need to uh, find a place to pull over or something and uh, he's like get these guys you know uh i mean we're just talking shit in the in the car and yeah. and i'm thinking good lord you know we're gonna wind up we'll, we'll wind up on the the real america's most wanted list <laughs> after and uh but lo and behold, man, we uh, c- coming up. We saw just a uh, you know one of those rundown gas stations coming up on the right, and um, yeah. and uh, it wasn't well lit. But um, he was like, he, I mean, Abyss was hot by this time, man. I was just you know I'm the driver, so I'm just trying to compose myself uh, with driving. But he was hot. He's like, pull this damn thing over. He and so I pulled in there, and you know, we were ready for anything, man. And uh, I pulled in, and this car. It squealed in right behind us, so we knew some some shit was on. Yeah. And um, they pulled in, they squealed right behind us, and uh, and uh, they got out of the car, man. And I, I'm telling you, before I even had my, I I think I got as far as my seatbelt off before oh. I could even get out of the car. This big ass is is opening up the door and running out. And there's a uh, there's about three guys that got out of a car, a car just average size guys. Yeah. Uh, and start approaching approaching our car, and the monster abyss gets out, 
on his side and just starts walking towards him. And I mean, if you can just imagine that setting, that, that visual, yeah. him going after it. And, and um, uh, I take it back. I'm adding too much to it. They never got out of the car. They just squealed <laughs> up and slammed on the brakes right behind us. And, um, but as soon as, but he was already out of the car on his way back to their car. Yeah. And man, they, the, the reason I remember they didn't get out is because that those brakes squealed and they hit that reverse and squealed right back out. And they, I don't know. They had to shit their pants or something when they saw that because they, they wanted no part of it. They squealed back. Here's the best part of the story. So they're in reverse. They, they start, uh, reversing out of there to get the hell out of Dodge, man. And then in the reverse process, there was another car pulling in right behind them and they slammed right into the car. Oh my God. And they wrecked, wrecked right into the, the car that, that came in from behind. And I'm telling you, instead of, the hostility from Abyss went from 10 down to zero because he busted out in a belly laugh at him, <laughs> just started laughing his ass off at him just because they were just idiots, man, what they were doing. And then it just came to, came to, they turned into, they had a wreck. We just got in the car and we just pulled off, just let it go, man. So that came to mind, man, because just, just his, I mean, it always helped when uh, I was on the road with him, man, because anybody giving us trouble, I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm a, I'm a bigger than average size guy and I can hold my own, but man, yeah. having him uh, standing next to you, it's like, shit, you know, what idiot <laughs> wants to approach us now? And I'm having a hard time not imagining him in his gimmick doing that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know he wears, like, you guys know him and he wears normal clothes, but I just got to imagine him in the mask and everything. Yeah, I would, Picard, yeah, I would be in that. Yeah, well, it wasn't even the monster approaching. It was just uh, the no mask and his hair pulled back. But, man, <laughs> yeah. he's, he's a giant man. And uh, yeah. just having that yeah. guy come after you, that's that's enough to freak you out but here's here was a good rib and we you guys mentioned kurt henning earlier um yeah. so I'll, I'll tell you this so um uh abyss used to be uh in our early traveling day he used to be a jack and coke drinker and i was more of a beer drinker uh okay. kind of flip-flop as years later we kind of flip but um so he was uh he was the jack drinker well you spent enough time with kurt henning uh you know you're going to be doing some shots of jack with him that's just how it was and uh right. Uh, I was I was I was very appreciative to be initiated in, into that. I did many with him, and it wasn't just shots. You had the gargle. Um, that was that was part of the, part of the thing. Oh my god! Yeah, take a shot of shot of Jack. I remember the first time I did one with him, man. I, we we I, I was like, holy shit! I mean, I wasn't a Jack drinker. I quickly yeah. became one, but right. uh, I wasn't right. a Jack drinker. And um, Kurt, I remember we were at, we were at Tootsie's down in Nashville, man. I know you know yeah. Tootsie's. Oh yeah. Um, uh, so we were doing a shot there and, uh, he said, now you got a gargle. And I'm thinking gargle. I never heard of gargling whiskey. And I was like, that shit would, I mean, I'm right away. I'm telling myself, hell no, I'm doing a shot. Cause it's Kurt Henning. But yeah. so we did, we did, we did our shot, man. And before I could even try to swallow it, he goozled me so tight and wouldn't even let the shit go down my throat. He made uh, me gargle it like because his hand was around my throat. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> but, <laughs> so, 
Anyway, I say all that to say, so we, uh, we were back at a hotel, uh, hotel bar one night, uh, after a show, it was, uh, you know, a few of the guys, Kurt, me, uh, this and a few other people. And I just started stirring the pot because he, he had been a Jack drinker. And I was like, you know, did you, well, I can't believe you told me you could drink Kurt under the table with Jack. And of course, Abyss is like, shut the fuck up, man. Don't start that kind of stuff. <laughs> and, uh, and so I just kept stirring the pot, stirring the pot. So finally I got Kurt and he goes up to the. He goes up to the uh, bar and comes back with two shots of Jack and man, here we go. We're off to the races and, uh, him and him and Abyss, they do their shot. And, uh, we were just trying to see, and it, it just, this just kind of went on and, uh, you know, Kurt would bring back more shots and I'm not sure how many shots we got in, but mm-hmm. i tell you what, man, Abyss had to be, and this is a big man. Remember we had, he had to be carried to his room <laughs> and Kurt and Kurt was just, man, it was like, he just, uh, just come in on his first drink. He was just fine. And uh, we come to find out uh, that the whole time he was going up, he was ordering a shot of Jack and a shot of iced tea. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Good. Hey, I'll tell so you, four minutes had to fall out. Oh man, that's yeah, that's a, and, that's a Ric Flair move I've heard. Anyway, yeah, me and this uh, room together one night after a show, and it wasn't at the fairgrounds. I can't remember where it was. It was a, uh, it might not have even been a TNA show, but for whatever reason, me and him were together, and uh, there was uh, a couple of uh, the females that had come over or whatever, and. I mean, we were we were uh, three sheets in the wind already, and I don't really remember much of it. But I do know that the next morning, they were gone, and he and I had zero money in our wallets. And, uh, oh man! <laughs> oh man! Yeah. And uh, you had a red plate on you. Oh, it, I thought it was him at first. I swear to God. But I after, and I actually just saw him like a year ago at a WWE event. He was the agent or producer or whatever, and. Uh, got uh, the the kid uh, my girl's kid backstage and all that mess but uh yeah he, he, i reminded him of that and he was laughing but i don't think it was him Wolfie, I do, Wolfie, do you remember um I, I i thought you might have been talking about this but um do you remember the very first uh tna pay-per-view in huntsville alabama yeah I, this, this just this just came to my mind we all roomed together do you remember that yeah, and uh, Storm uh, and the Guns, or me. And yeah, the- man, it was so it was, it was me, you, Abyss, and and Storm, uh-huh. and of course uh, Abyss and I are. Uh, it was the night before the pay per view, and Abyss and I are trying to be the the good soldiers, and we're like, yeah, we want to get a good night's sleep, and so. But Wolfie and Wolfie and Storm, no man, they were they were gonna hit the town, so um, <laughs> we're like, okay, cool, you know, we'll just. We'll do our thing and you guys do yours. And, um, you know, I wanted to be good and ready for the next day. I wasn't, I guess, yet into the <laughs> party in the all night, uh, every town kind of thing yet. But, yeah. uh, so yeah, we, we, I remember we were sleeping and these guys come busting in, couldn't tell you what time, two, three in the morning. I don't know, but they come busting in back at the, back at that time, storm was doing it, part of his cowboy gimmick. He actually, carried pistols to the ring with him like uh, cat i mean i guess they were caps yeah cap uh, he was shooting off, he was he was shooting off yeah so he'd get in the <laughs> ring and that was part of his presentation he'd shoot off the cap guns and uh the fans loved it kind of thing so he had the he he had the guns and 
they came into the just trying to imagine you know you're getting a good night's sleep and the door busts open and next thing you know the fucking guns are going off. Um, <laughs> oh my god! And man, man, me and Abyss just—I mean—we just jumped up like I mean we didn't know what the hell was going on. I don't know if we thought we were being murdered or what the hell was going on, but they. You guys just thought that was the funniest damn thing, uh, and 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 now it is, of course. But what then? <laughs> yeah, That's yes, hilarious. Oh yeah. And Storm, Storm reminded me of that story because I'd forgotten about it. But one of the last times I saw him, <laughs> he was telling me that, and it probably, I remembered it then. Hey, yeah, that was funny stuff. He's like, because he said that he said you were shooting off my guns, and uh, I guess they called the front desk. Somebody called the front desk. Oh my god! <laughs> well, hell yeah. <laughs> it was abyss and, and Chris. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Oh, man. oh my god. Yeah, I can't imagine the adrenaline rush of being woken out of a dead sleep with cat guns going off. I can't imagine that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't uh, wow. Yeah. yeah, that was a good one. That was a real good one. Oh my god. So, having said that and and talking about, you know, the partying and stuff like that. Now, I know that recently uh you you've quit all that, man, and you've uh you put together uh quite what are you at a year, I think I saw or No, in November I was at 2 years. Two That's years. awesome. It's awesome. Super incredible and and people don't understand how hard that is, man. Uh you know, I've I've battled with it for many years uh i've strung together some months and right at a year and you know then i'll go back and but you know these days uh, i can at least say that uh you know i i somewhat have it under control where i'm not the wild crazy person i used to be not 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 too much crazy we'll say <laughs> but, <laughs> that's an incredible feat man it, it, it really is something that's hard to do man people don't understand how hard it is man yeah, man, it's just, um, especially in a business like this, and you can yeah. go with, you know, rock and roll business or wrestling or any entertainment business. It's just, it's kind of part of the road. And especially back then, it was the, it was the, uh, the norm to, to do that. Yeah. I mean, I know it's, it's probably not as much now, but yeah, I mean, I had my fun, man. We had some great times and, and yeah, back then I felt like I had somewhat of a control on it because, um, you know, we, we were, were, would just go out after the shows and, uh, yeah. have our drinks and, and do our thing. And it was, you know, we back, back up doing it again the next day and, uh, everything was all good, but yeah, it just got to a time and, and it kind of started after the WWE debacle. Um, I just kind of took a, took a turn, man. And I just, uh, went down fast and, you know, hit the, the depression kind of thing. And, and I just, yeah. you know, drinking was always a part of my life. So I just kind of turned to that and it just, it, it was getting out of control even back then. I mean, that was, you know, that was over, uh, I mean, hell 10, 15 years ago. And, uh, yeah. and it just started taking its toll on me there. And, and I just, it, yeah. I did not pull myself out for a long time, man. I mean, it didn't, it wasn't something that came out in a year or so. I mean, I was, I was, I was in a dark place for a lot of years and, uh, the drinking was just, um, it was there and, 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 uh, just, yeah, it was just part of it. And, uh, I was just uh, abusing it. And, um, it, this was kind of the time where you, like you and I both said at, at, 
certain points we feel like we at least have some control over it. Well, this is when I lost the control, man, and it took over me. And yeah. um, I remember, I remember, you know, when it started getting to be an issue and people were noticing and mm-hmm. my doctors were asking questions about it. And um, yeah. so I wound up, you know, once I looked at kind of the definition of an alcoholic and I, I started looking at different, different things that it was. And I was like, holy shit, I'm, I'm a lot of these things. And yeah. so I wound up, identify me it was like okay I, I identified myself as an alcoholic but the the truth was I, I was like but I don't want to stop I mean I, I yeah. drinking is just such a part of my life and such a part of everything I do I yeah. just could never imagine myself stopping and um, it just it, it took it, and, and the funny thing about it like a lot of people hit the rock bottom and then they kind of pull themselves out of that one my rock bottom was was years ago Um, where I just, I had nothing, man. And, um, you know, without getting into the story, I just, I started rebuilding things a little bit. Um, I, I, uh, reconnected with uh, with my now wife. Um, I had her in my life and I got a house and I had to get a job. You know, that's, that's, I mean, I'm I'm sure you have dealt with that also. Well, if you just, anytime you're out, you're out of that limelight, man, uh, when it's over, um, it's the worst feeling in the world for you to have to accept to go back to the real world. I know. And, uh, so, but, but I had a full-time job and so I was getting things together, but I always had that alcohol on my shoulder and, um, you know, that devil on my shoulder. And, um, and I felt like things were coming together and my wife was supportive and, um, but I still had that. And then it just took, um, I remember telling her, cause I had had some legal troubles in the past too. I mean, as you can probably imagine. And I remember I told her, um, I made a promise to her. I said, look, I can't promise that I'll never drink again, but I promise that I won't drink and drive again. Yeah. And I'll be damned if I didn't do that again and wound up getting a DUI. And mm. it just, what, what, when that, when that happened, it was just, um, you know, because I felt like I had things have been going so well and I messed it up again and I had some great people reach out to me. Um, one, one of them being Jeff Jarrett, man, cause he had just gone through it, uh, a few years prior and, uh, he reached out to me and was telling me all about the, that WWE program that they yeah. offer and has helped so many people. And, um, I think, I think with the, with the support of those guys and just, you know, kind of taking me by the hand and leading me into it, uh, yeah. I wound up going to treatment for 60 days and, um, I don't know, man. I just, I was ready to make a change. And that's, that's really what it is. Like I said before, I, I didn't want to stop before. And now I, I was ready to stop and I was ready to do whatever I had to do. And, yeah. and so I dove into the program, man. And that's what I've continued to do for the past couple of years is just do that program because, uh, the, the relapses usually happen when people still, they, they fall off of the program a little bit. Right. So, um, it's worked for me, man. I, I can't speak for anybody else cause everybody's got their own path and, um, yeah. the way they, they do it, but that's what's worked for me. And it's been two years now and, and, uh, now I'm having the opportunity to actually, uh, have some recovery talks where I talk in front of people and, yeah. um, it's, it's based on, it's, it's, it, the foundation is based out of the, 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 out of the WWE program. A lot of the people that it has helped. You know, we've kind of gone on the road and and start talking to people, and so it's it's wrestlers, which we all have different different uh, journeys, and uh, we all which c- kind of goes into our journey with uh, sobriety, and 
you know, that way people can relate to, I mean, maybe you can't relate to one guy, but you can relate to the other. And so we yeah. get to kind of tell our story and try to help others, man. And, um, it's just, all I can say is it's, it's worked for me, but you're yeah. right, man. It, it's, uh, it's one hell of a fight. It's a hell of a struggle and yeah. it's, and they ain't lying when they say it's every day. I mean, it's a <laughs> everyday struggle and we have to, our motto is, you know, one day at a time because we just got to try to get through today to, to get to tomorrow. And, um, yeah, we just, uh, kind of tell our story and, um, but it's a struggle for us every day. I'm uh, actually two years sounds great. And it is to me, it's quite an accomplishment, but, um, you know, there's, there's people I meet in this program. They're 20 and 30 years sober. And I'm I'm like, Holy shit. How do you do that? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Thanks for bringing that up, man. Yeah, man. And people can say what they want to about the, you know, the reason why WWE came out with the program and all that. But I'll, I'll say, man, they saved me on a, a number of occasions, man. Um, you know, I, I've been to their rehabs more times than I'd like to admit, man. Uh, but it absolutely does help. And uh, kind of, like I said, put me on a different trajectory uh of of not complete sobriety, but uh, I'm a lot better than I used to be. I'll say that much. But man, yeah, very very commendable uh, of you to to be able to pull that off, man. Seriously, you have you have my respect for that. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Yeah, go ahead, Jimmy. Now ask some wrestling questions. <laughs> well, I'm just gonna. I mean, I, 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 this has been an incredible conversation, man. Definitely appreciate it. I know it's coming up on our time, but I definitely want to get this question. And so, your favorite match of all time as a fan, okay, and your favorite match of yours of all time. Oh, uh, <laughs> man, that's that's so hard to. Wolfie will agree. That's so hard to do, oh. and um, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm gonna have. I'm gonna have to say uh, uh, my favorite my favorite match of mine had to be us versus the New Church. I'm gonna yeah, of course I'm gonna play politics here and, and <laughs> oh, say man. that's the that's the best match of all time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it um, is. <laughs> uh, I, well, I tell you what, man, I love going back and watching that that program from week to week. It was it was awesome. Uh, yeah. The, the match cool. though that always stands out to me, um, and this was. I was always a fan, just like a lot of people my generation growing up as a fan. But um, that, and and I know there's been thousands of people that have said this, but it, it's it's the truth with me. Uh, that Savage Steamboat at Mania Three, oh, man, it's that, incredible, uh, man. Yeah. When I when I saw that match, and um, you know, and it wasn't just the, I guess with that one, it wasn't just the 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 superhero kind of thing with Hogan and and Andre and. You know, just, uh, you know, they were, of course, those days they were uh, supposed to be cartoon characters and, uh, you know, just build them up like that. It, but I, I don't know, there was something I saw with Savage and Steve, which I was always, I was a Savage a fan from day one, even yeah. for that heel run. I, I really loved him. But when yeah. I saw that match and I just saw the, the crowd in the palm of their hand, man, that's really what, even though I was, uh, I was young, I was thinking to myself that, holy shit, if you, you could do that and, and perform that way and just, have the people on the edge of their seat like that. That's what sucked me in, man. And I was like, I, I, I gotta think about doing something like that. I mean, something like that. So that, that's really what pulled me in, man. Um, yeah. was yeah. that match. And, and I was, I was hooked from then on. And, um, but damn, the, the match, my, one of my favorite, I guess, um, it's, I feel like there's so many that we have forgotten about that we may have had a great match on an independent show or something like that or something that wasn't 
something that wasn't televised. And, you know, it's, just, it's unfortunate that those aren't in our memories anymore because I feel like there's so much there. But um, I'd have to go to um, some TNA matches just because I've watched watched them over and over again. Um, I'd, I'd say our match, uh, our matches, uh, actually my match with Storm is probably one of my, my best. Even though it was a Texas death match, um, it wasn't a normal, um, you know, Regular yeah. rules match. Uh, we beat the shit out of each other, and uh, but that that really, I feel like you know, I, I'm not known for a hardcore wrestler, but I felt like for for a match that where we were bringing weapons in, uh, we tried to uh, put uh, we tried to pull as much psychology into that as we could and make everything mean something. Right. Um, so that stands out. Uh, my title, my world title match with Jeff Jarrett, really stands out. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I, I was, uh, you know, st- we, they hadn't split us up, but Storm was injured at the time, and and they had, we had a great, great program building up to where people really believed that I was going to take Jeff down, and uh, yeah. that really stands out to me. Of course, the the six sides of steel match with Triple X stands out. Yeah, um, yeah, just just so many, and then I was fortunate enough to to be in a couple of those King of the Mountain matches, which you know a lot of people look down on sometimes because of the the rules, but um, hey, man, when when you're when you're known for being a tag team wrestler, and uh, and then you're you're all of a sudden uh, you're one of five top contenders for the for the title, uh, to be put in that kind of category, um, it just you know that that really just you know, makes you open your eyes and be like, man, you know, I, I they believe that I belong in here, and um, so I mean, even that the 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 one in uh, 07 I did, I was in there with. Kurt Angle, Christian, AJ Styles, and Samoa Joe, and then there's me in there. So, um, mm. just to be able to uh, be able to put myself in that category just uh, felt really good. But yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to pinpoint one, but uh, there's there's definitely a, a lot of those uh, matches that really stand out that um, you know you really put put a lot of hard work into, and yeah. um, uh, and and it seems to be those are the ones. Like I said, I mean those those are the televised ones. So. Those are the ones everybody sees, so uh, it's more known to to those people to everybody else. But yeah, I mean, yeah. just uh, some great matches. But I, I mean, I'm not I'm not blowing smoke. Those those matches with the new church were just, and we were young, man. We were new as a team, and you yeah. know, we were willing to to learn. I mean, I learned a lot from not just you, man, but also Brian. I mean, Brian okay. really. Uh, I got tight with Brian during that time and really learned a lot from him. And he was, he was always there to, to try to help me out. I mean, I, I remember one time that we were doing a run in, um, I think there was a, a lot more people involved, but everybody was running in. And I remember Brian kind of shoved me up until the, to the front of the pack and yeah. just, just a little, little simple lesson like this. He was like, get up there. And I was like, well, I can blend in with everybody. He goes, no, you'd be the first one out there so that the the camera's, the, you're the first one the camera picks up. Yeah. And I was just like, holy shit. Yeah, just so simple, you know, but you don't think of it. You're just, I'm one of many guys doing a run-in, so we're all just doing our thing. And he's like, you know, no, you're, you get out there. You're the first one. Yeah, so that the camera picks you up, and I was like, "Wow!" And just something as simple like that—just you know—you don't you don't forget things like that. So, um, yeah, thank you for those matches, man. I really, uh, really yeah. enjoyed that. Thank Who you. was stiffer? Who was stiffer, Brian or Wolfie? <laughs> oh, uh, it was definitely you, man. You, <laughs> man. 
<laughs> yeah, you had the, you had the, you had the, didn't you have some steel plates on your boots or something like that? Get your sin guards, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> Real quick, I want to go back to something to see if you know, because I'm, I'm not the wrestling historian, you know. I mean, I do know my history, but not like some folks. Um, this came up on uh, one of our recent shows. When Randy Savage in Memphis pile-drived Ricky Morton through a table, I believe, and and if you could think of something before that, please, that's, this is what I'm asking. Was that the first wrestling table break? You know what? I actually, I, I've seen that, and I actually forgot about that because I, I thought, I think a lot of people think it was 89 with uh, Funk and Flair. Yeah. But yeah. Be- before that, before that, I remember a Saturday night's main event between Hogan and Harley Race. Uh, and right. race went through through a table, so that that made me think to that one. That was actually first. So in my mind, I was thinking maybe that was, but you might be right, man, because that was that was that was definitely before. Uh, what year was that? Maybe like 80, 84, 80, 80, something like was that. Eighty two, Jimmy. We I think it's eighty two. Yeah, eighty two. Yeah. yeah. Oh, eighty two. Yeah. And he did he he did the the the, the funk flare spot right. It was a pile driver on the on the table right. 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 Yeah. Yeah. I always it had I, to I, be, yeah. Yeah. I love that Funk Flair spot, but Wolfie and I recently talked about this moment actually on the show. You know, it's where Flair is basically having to hold himself up. Now I'll never question anything about Terry Funk or Rick Flair. I'll just quit podcasting before I start doing that. But <laughs> it was just, you know, kind of where it was like an awkward spot, I think, and Flair's holding himself up. But that is the first one I remember, even though I probably saw the Harley race spot. I, I know for a fact the first one I remember is is that. So, but I think you must be right on that, Wolfie, for sure. Yeah, yeah. but anyway, yeah, just, I'd, I'd have to go. I'd have to go with you too, Wolfie. I think that had to be. And, and it's funny because uh, if you're asking historians, they'd probably say, "Well, it's probably done somewhere down there in Memphis. It was probably done one of those." <laughs> right. <laughs> you think to yourself, and you're like, "Well, yeah, you're you're pretty much right. They they did a lot of the first back then, and just never yeah. got the credit for it." So, um, wow, man, yeah, we um, I know you and I probably run into Ricky a lot, uh, so I'd, I'd have to ask you about that next time. I yeah, see for sure. For sure. Well, Ricky's I, definitely going to claim it. You know that. He's, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. You're right. What, what's, the, what's the use in asking him? You know he's going to claim it. <laughs> just ask him and fucking kayfabe record it so I can hear the answer. I would love that, Chris. Can you be like a roving reporter for us? <laughs> Hell, yes. Hell yeah! Reporter here for and life. You can, and and you can air it on the you can air it on the podcast too. We yeah. would love that. Yes, anytime. Because hey, didn't Seriously. we have to? Uh, he came on my show like uh, two years ago. Yeah, like, two years ago. Tell him yeah. the story, Jimmy. Oh, dude, it's hilarious. <laughs> so, like, we we get on there and we start. We have like what twenty minutes long yeah. with him, and, and yeah. I think we get on there. You know, we just BS a little bit before we start recording. Well, he counted that as the time towards the show. He was like, "Art right, boy." <laughs> And then we asked him a couple questions, and of course, I was very early in podcasting, and I'm I'm sorry, I'm a lifelong Ricky Morton mark, so it's basically like Wolfie trying to have a serious conversation with this guy, and I'm sitting over here like, hey man, you're great, man, did you remember that you're great, you know, and I'm just like uh, totally losing my stuff over over Ricky, and then basically all of a sudden he goes, well, all right, fellas, it's time to go, <laughs> and we're just like, all right, thank you. You, sir <laughs> i guess you weren't gonna argue with him but yeah right, no, no. He, he, he was he, he had the clock ticking 
Yeah, yeah. And and Ricky said on on this show. Oh uh, yes, exactly. Yeah, he sorry. said he said PG thirteen. They kept Memphis afloat. They, you know, you kept them in business when they were working with us and blah blah blah. And PG was right. over and blah blah blah. And then Rick uh, Jimmy hears him on something else saying he already told somebody that PG thirteen killed Memphis. So. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> so, hey man, that's a, that's a worker. That's a worker for you, dude. Yeah. He's a, yeah. So Jimmy goes back and he. He plays. He records that and records what he said on our show, and we put it on our show of the, both comments. <laughs> oh, that's awesome! Yeah, it's on YouTube that somewhere where it's like him saying one, and I, it's probably got us some heat, I would imagine. But you know, what are you going to do, right? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, man. Hey, I'd, I'd love to. I'd love to see some of your matches, man. Back from back then, like before you guys even hooked up with WWE, like so, you and some of. Uh, uh, PG 13's matches like uh, oh, the USWA yeah. or I mean uh, uh, wow, where do you, where do you where can you find some of that is that just YouTube kind of stuff yeah, basically YouTube. yeah Armstrong Alley if you can find that on YouTube they have a lot of it yeah yeah, yeah. okay cool okay yeah. yeah, there's a there's a Texas Death match with us in rock and roll that like like you were saying one of your favorite matches and stuff that was that was definitely one of my favorite matches Great. because it, it had a lot of run ins and uh, it was it was good but uh, I'll yeah. definitely check that out. Man. There's a really good one with them in Louisville too though. Check that one out. Yeah, too. that's a good yeah. one. But Chris, man, it has been great having you on. Great catching up with you, man. I guess the last time I saw you was at Slammiversary a couple of years ago. Um, <laughs> I marked out when I heard that music for you, man, when, uh, when you came out of Slammiversary. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I was thinking, are you, and I'm not saying this in a, a facetious way, I promise, Chris, are you and James already in the Hall of Fame in TNA? We are not. Okay, so here's what I'm thinking. You know how, like, when Hogan went in, Piper went in, you know, that kind of thing for the Hall of Fame for WWE? Here's what I'm thinking. TNA Hall of Fame 2024 America's Most Wanted and the New Church. It's got to go in this time. <laughs> it should. Hey, that that all that all sounds great. If we can ever find Brian Lee on this planet, yeah, it's such a great point, man. Yeah, <laughs> he was. I've, uh, I've tried to I've tried to track him down. I can't uh, I can't find him anywhere. I yeah. saw him uh, about three years ago at a convention and he wasn't even with me uh he was just by himself as prime time somebody brought him in and uh i got his number and uh it's just hard to get in touch with him whether he's kayfabing or don't want to you know some of these guys get away from the business and they don't want to be back around it so i mean i can appreciate yeah, that. that actually surprises that actually surprised me he was doing a convention that's good to hear though i mean yeah. he was out there I think yeah the one-time thing i think he had his had his fill after that <laughs> but uh <laughs> anyway man yeah great great catching up with you man um don't be a stranger i got your phone number now so uh hell yeah man let's definitely stay in touch i'm in i'm in somerset kentucky so if you're around man give me a shout man david young showed up at my house uh about uh two weeks ago which was kind of funny he just happened to be coming through and uh rod hicks told him i lived here and he came and uh came and hung out with me for about an hour or so but yeah <laughs> oh that's that's awesome man so he yeah. just shows up at the at the door he doesn't even yeah. let you know he's coming <laughs> well rod rod uh told me and they actually both came by but uh yeah rod's like hey david young's here i told him where you live i said okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I love david man 
Yeah. Well, all right, dude. I'm gonna let you get back to your day. And Jimmy, tell me what we're coming back with. Ask Wolfie D anything. You know all this. Right. Sounds good to me. Thanks, Chris. Uh, thank you so much, guys. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, man. Thank you so much. It's definitely a lot of fun. Very. We actually went over an hour, so thank you for that as well. I yeah. appreciate that. Oh, no problem, man. It's hard. It's hard to cut it short when you when you're having fun, unless you're Ricky Morton. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. We'll be back. All right. Thanks, man. All right. Thank you so much, guys. Yeah. Thank you. Hey, DJ, hit that music. All right, we are back with Ask Wolfie D Anything. And, man, I tell you, Wildcat Chris Harris, dude, that was cool, man. Very yeah. cool interview. Very fun, as usual, you know. We, yeah. yeah. We've gotten kind of good at this, haven't we? I mean, we're <laughs> closely there. Yeah, getting <laughs> that's there. What a lot of people have told me anyway. That, that well, they that's love awesome. <laughs> that means the world, man. I love yeah. that. Yeah. I'm glad they tell you. They they throw tomatoes at me as I oh. walk. Yeah. So anyway. <laughs> well, we got some cool questions, man. You know, as always, you know, the listeners come through in, in the pinch when we need them with the Ask Wolfie. So the very first one, again, it's a, you know, it's a common name, but very cool question. I like this one. So Ben Martin on Facebook, Ben Martin 88 on Twitter, he says this. So in November of 96, Paul Lee booked the Rock and Roll Express as a mystery team to wrestle the gangsters. Mm-hmm. Something happened and they no-showed, but it made him think. Heel PG-13 a year early in ECW versus New Jack and Mustafa. Do you think it would have worked? And, and you know, he says, I personally would have liked to have seen both do something about rock and roll versus the gangsters part two with Ricky and Robert as heels. I just have a feeling Ricky as a heel with that crowd, he could have got a rise out of them. But of course, Jamie could start riots at the drop of a hat. So that would be great too. So basically what he's saying is, is the rock and roll was going to come in as kind of doing the opposite of what they were since that was the ECW style anyway. So instead, put you guys in that spot versus the gangsters. I think it could have worked easily, man. Uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like me and Jamie could work with anybody. Um, <laughs> I'm kind of glad we didn't. I don't want to be jumping off no fucking scaffolds and shit. <laughs> no <laughs> but, doubt. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, like, I, I don't guess I ever worked with Mustafa, but I've worked with Jack, you know, more than once. Right. And, uh, you know, we always had, had good interactions with each other and good matches. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I think we could pull off something like that. I mean, no problem. Now, you know, before our, we actually went up to ECW before we started going regular and, uh, you know, worked with the Eliminators. There was a one, one and done type of deal billing us as the only team that they had never defeated and all this kind of shit, but it was good. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. I just, I think it's interesting, you know, a lot of the guys that you would never think could be heels, you know, go to ECW in their heels. It's pretty crazy, man. So, but you guys, I could easily see y'all being heels up there. As, as, I mean, we were. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Except a, for uh, the pay-per-view with the Dudleys. <laughs> <laughs> they the made you baby face. That was so weird. Yeah. But anyway. 
So the next question is from Chad Tutwiler, and he asked this one, and we kind of know this answer, but we want to, I'm going to ask it anyway. So I guess let's talk about the very end of this. So what happened to TCW? It had an old time feel. Now we know a lot of the similar instances happen with other promotions, Mm -hmm. as you've said many times before, buddies get included in stuff that they shouldn't be in. But is that essentially really what it was? Was essentially too many guys, too many cooks in the kitchen? Didn't know what that, to do. I mean, evidently, you know, the money ran out. And I, yeah. and I don't know, you know, personally, I don't know his parents or anything, but I've heard that, you know, parents cut the money off. And, you know, you can only bleed somebody so much. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So you you got to say, oh. Right. <laughs> Just dial it back. Yeah, yeah, this is a little more than your allowance. Yeah, your hobby is Mr. Maddie fortune. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah. yeah, I mean, that's basically it, uh, as far as I know. You'd probably have to ask Matt and yeah. maybe get the real shoot story from him. Yeah, well, we tried in the past, but no no response yet. But we'll hopefully we'll get him so, someday. So yeah, it, it's a good question because it's kind of like the telltale thing of all these upstart promotions. Mm-hmm. Either the money runs out or, you know, something else crazy happens. But usually it's the money, right? So Yeah, the money, the money. Okay, cool. All right. Well, this next one is from Bobby Murray on Facebook and, you know, I just got to know this. Any good stories from working for Kick-Ass Wrestling in Memphis? Whew, I was usually high as a kite. <laughs> <laughs> That's really about it. This is always in a bar. and Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's just say when I watch those matches, like a, it just takes me to a dark period of my life where I just go, oh, what was I thinking? You know, like I was kind of not Wolfie anymore. Right. Wasn't, you know, I hadn't made the transition to Slash yet and doing too much partying and just, uh, yeah, I mean... I don't know. I just look at it and go, yeah. And 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 not to not because of anyone but me. Right. Right. So really not blaming kick ass wrestling, but no. just kind of a dark place for you itself. Yeah. Yeah. So was this like when you were wearing long tights and boots and, and Yeah, but even you, before and then I even had like those biker shorts on. Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. Was this like power pro time kinda? No, I think it was uh, before that. Okay, gotcha. Okay, I remember. remember. Yeah, got it. Okay. I'm just trying to, you know, I've got like more pictures of you than I do my own family in my phone (laughs) because of making all these photos for the podcast. Right. And, you know, I'm just thinking like, okay, I've seen all these pictures of you and I'm thinking like what era that was. So, but yeah, yeah, I know that feeling, man. You know, sometimes you just don't want to be reminded of it much less see pictures of that time or whatever but yeah definitely understand well you know dark times hopefully always don't last so that's yeah that's a good thing so so kick-ass wrestling who ran that do you uh terry golden terry golden all right and that was in memphis proper yeah and is it still around or no not that i'm aware of okay all right. Was that something you normally worked for a while, or was that? A- I mean, I did it pretty regularly there for just a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Nothing. And what what year would you say that is? Um, 
shit, before 2000, but after USWA. Okay. <laughs> so probably, okay. you know, 98, 99, something like that. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. Got it. Okay. That's cool, man. I was just curious because, you know, I've heard of the term. I've heard of the name of the wrestling promotion, yeah. but I had never. But yeah, man. Well, hey, those were three were a breeze today. And, yeah. you know, uh, no, no need to beat a dead horse and go any further in that. So, yeah, that's all I got for you, brother. Cool, man. And again, we always appreciate everybody tuning in. I have, like I said, I've been getting a lot of feedback from people when I went to uh, the show. And yeah, how was that, man? <laughs> oh, it was good. It was good. Yeah. The fans, uh, you know, the, the house was okay. And, uh, but people actually, I actually lowered my prices because I'm a nice hell of a guy. And, uh, you know, I did pretty good. So, right. That's awesome. Yeah. You, you got it you, affordable for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good idea, especially with the holidays, man. And plus, probably sold a few extra things because of it, too. Exactly. I'm sure. So, that's always you smart. Way you're you, off. you saw Dean Hill, of course, and Vic. Dean and Hill showed up. Yeah. 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 Was Trailer Flash? Park Trash and Flash both no showed. Flash was oh. sick. Flash was sick, he said, and Trash had to uh, work the races with the horses. So okay, wow. <laughs> only Trash gets a pass. Flash. The <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but he cut a heck of a promo on your birthday. Deal, yeah, so appreciate that for sure. But right on, man. Yeah. All right. Well, that's yeah. all I got. All yeah. right. Me too. Tune in next week, y'all. I think I got another good guest lined up. So. Oh, yeah. And I don't think he does many of these. So yeah, I'm excited. Good. Yeah. Well, tune in next week. And now a word from our sponsor. gentlemen welcome to give me back my pro wrestling the podcast that's based on the old school but can still help you find the good stuff from today jimmy street and the plastic chic jared are the undisputed tag team champions of the wrestling podcast world from thought-provoking topics to superstar interviews to action figure expertise this team does it all and all they ask is give me back my pro wrestling Every other Thursday, wherever you listen to podcasts. Join me, Gene Jackson, for the Jackson Interaction Podcast, where I'll be doing one-on-one interviews with people from the world of professional wrestling, as well as stand-up comedy. You can get them anywhere podcasts are available in both video and audio form, but you can find them all at GeneJacksonPod.com. That's right, it's the talk of Middle Tennessee, the channel you love to hate and the channel you hate to love. It's Brian Turner from Brian Turner's VHS Rehab. And if you're looking for matches from Wolfie D to Jerry Lawler to Dusty Rhodes and the team that put a pimp before your eyes and a goatee between your thighs, Booty Call and Athena, go to LostWrestling.com. See, I made it easy for you. Brian Turner's VHS Rehab. Booyah! This is your rock star ring announcer, Aaron Camaro. I'm a man who believes the two greatest art forms ever created are professional wrestling and heavy rock music. So when I'm not hosting the best parties that also happen to be live professional wrestling shows, I'm hosting the Decibel Geek Podcast. 
Decibel Geek is a weekly podcast that features discussions of all things rock. We're talking the Beatles, the Stones, Led Zeppelin, Jimi Hendrix, Black Sabbath, Kiss, Ozzy, Motley Crue, Guns N' Roses, Metallica, Alice in Chains, Pantera, and everything in between. Plus, we'll turn you on to new bands from today that have the same spirit and style that the legends do. Decibel Geek is hosted by myself along with Rockin' Pod founder Chris Sinzak. And each week, you'll get interviews with famous musicians and industry insiders, along with informative, entertaining, humorous, and insightful discussions, and most importantly, a passion for the music. So if you love to rock out as much as I do, then this is your invitation to the greatest rock and roll party in all of podcasting. It's Decibel Geek, and it's available right now on all major podcast platforms. Oh yeah. Hey everyone, this is Shane from Insane Shane's World. I release wrestling figures of enhancement talent, mid-card wrestlers, and wrestlers that you never thought would have a figure available. So if you're interested in adding a really cool and rare figure to your collection, then don't hesitate to contact me at shamtheman73 at gmail.com. That's S-H-A-M-the-man73 at gmail.com. You can also join my Facebook group. Just search Insane Shane's World. So that was another great episode. Hey, Wolfie, tell them where they can find you on social media. Jimmy, they can find me in the club, bottle full of bub. I'm just kidding. Uh, they can find me on Facebook. Uh, my personal page is Warren Wolf, W-O-L-F-E. I'm on Instagram, at WarrenWolf13. You can always find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, at LiveWolfieD. Here's the thing. Wolfie always has offers for his autographed photos. He has a selection of some awesome photos from throughout his career that he will autograph and personalize any way that you want him to. Just contact him either directly at his personal Facebook page or through any one of our other pages, and we'll make sure you get in contact directly with Wolfie. Get those photos, right, Wolfie? Yeah, I've got some good stuff on there, you know, to help with the podcast. Folks, if you can't get out to a show to meet Wolfie D, there's nothing like that, especially for the fans of PG-13 and Wolfie D. And before we go, you can always find me, your host, Jimmy Street, at James Rock Street on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And hey, Jimmy, before we go real quick, I just want to add in there, uh, from the bottom of my heart, I really appreciate First of all, the work you've done for this podcast. You have worked your butt off. Secondly, the people that are liking the page. Beyond that, even more, is the people that are listening. And we really appreciate that. Yeah, and remember, guys, the podcast drops a new episode every Monday at noon. And our past episodes are streaming now on demand on all major podcast formats. Thanks again. I got a cat for you, don't. He got a cat for you, don't. I got a cat for you, don't. He got a cat for you, don't. And here we go. The original white boy that came out sagging, not bragging, don't be hating, cause I'm spitting the truth. Still lobbing 
in color From Russia, mother Utilize a hubcap Unlike any other Back in the day I was N.O.D. And I was P to the G Plus the one and the three In case you forgot They call me Wolfie D Been cloned and copied So many times Title suckers taking credit For what is mine You know who you are Without me name dropping Wrestling's first white boy Coming out hip hop Been doing it like this Since 92 Late low for a while And you thought I was through Listen real close to these rhymes that I've injected This shit's so sick it makes your ears get infected Bad skills, no faking, there is no one great Cause I'm bringing more folks and over on board later Not here to play games, so you better beware You don't like me, so what? I really don't care All the time I keep ticking and I can't be stopped You suck a step to the side unless you wanna get dropped When I finish, I'll straight knock you out Please allow me to tell you what it's all about Gonna wind it up Driving it home, it's Rookie D, baby. Huh, I got a cap for your dome. I got a cap for your dome. We got a cap for your dome. We got a cap for your dome. This has been a James Rock Street production.